episode of Spawned is brought to you by Tide, who knows that while parents love a tidy home, they have more to think about, making sure their home is safe for their kids. You can find a Tidy Home Safe Home bingo board created by Tide and home organization expert and our guest, Nikki Boyd, on the Romper Instagram account. That's Instagram.com slash Romper. If you share a completed bingo board on your Instagram story and you tag Nikki, she is at home with Nikki, N-I-K-K-I, you'll get a chance to win a free in-home consultation with her. So head over to the Romper Instagram account and enter. Hello and welcome to Spawn, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Liz Gumbiner. And I'm Kristen Chase, and we are the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. And on today's episode of Spawn, we're talking to organization expert Nikki Boyd. She's the author of Beautifully Organized, a guide to function and style in your home. Ooh, that sounds fabulous, Liz. I know. What do you think? I know. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm all about style and function and organization, especially when someone else does it for me. Yes. <laughs> and Nikki's working in partnership with our sponsor, Tide, to help parents think about safety as we tidy up. As we all know, tidying is such a hot trend these days. Like, whoever thought we'd be saying the word tidying so much? I did not, for sure. And so she'll be sharing her tips and tricks to help us tackle tidiness while also keeping our kids safe in the process. Yes. Yes. So we're so thrilled. Welcome, Nikki. Hi. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. How are you doing? Thank you for joining us. We're so happy about this because, I, like, I got to be honest, we see a lot of kind of influencers on Instagram and they create these picture perfect, tidy homes. And we're always joking, like, kids don't live there. There's no kids there. Like, that's all white or that doesn't look safe or what? Like, how can you have that within reach of kids? So I actually like the idea that we're talking about tidying with a family perspective in mind. Yes, because I'm a big believer. You know, my kids are grown now, but, you know, I went through that stage and I'm a big believer in kids or no kids. You can have a beautiful home. Your beautiful may be a different type of beautiful, but it's still beautiful and cozy in homes. It's a way. It's a way. Yeah. <laughs> so this idea of tidying versus, you know, organization, or as, as we used to say, <laughs> is so hot right now. So I'm wondering when you work with your clients, where do you typically see the most issues with clutter and the need to tidy? Is it generally the same issues for most people or does it vary from home to home? It is. I find that those non-guest friendly spaces, you know, the places that the guests, if they come over or pop up, they're not going to touch such as the garage or bedrooms or things like the laundry room. Those kind of spaces that we can close off tend to be the most cluttered because, you know, we neglect those spaces, you know, and so those are the ones that are kind of our hot spots that need a lot of tidying. You know what? For me, it's my bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I was just thinking about that. Not your bedroom, Liz. No judgment here. But I was like, you know, when people come over. You can judge my bedroom. It's true. Yeah. Like we always say we can close the door to our bedroom most easily because we have kind of a loft-like apartment in Brooklyn. And so we clean up everything else first. The bedroom ends up getting all the junk in it because we can just shut that door and be like, no one come in the bedroom. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Even, you know, our kitchen and the living room, they're a struggle to keep tidy, but we will go there first to make sure that that's tidy. The dishes are done at night and things like that, because that is, if someone comes over, they're going to hit the kitchen and they're going to hit the living room. So basically it's peer pressure that keeps <laughs> us 
that exactly. keeps us in check. Do not judge my kitchen. Well, <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, yours is a little different, I feel like, Liz. New York apartment living, I feel like, is so different than, you know, even suburban apartment living, I feel like, is a little different. I know. Different. Well, when you walk into our home, like, the first thing you see is the kitchen. Like, the kitchen is basically the entranceway, and a lot of lofts are designed like that. So if our kitchen is a mess, everything looks like a mess. It doesn't even matter about the bedroom or not. <laughs> so, like, I definitely appreciate your tip. And one thing can be out of place in a kitchen, and it looks like a disaster. So it's one of those, yes, yes you have to keep it tidy somewhat. Yeah. So it's easy for parents, and I'm going to raise my hand here as much as I try, because I'm definitely a purger. I think more than Liz is a purger. I'm a purger, but I'm I a still collect stuff. <laughs> and so we've had some wonderful past guests who are organization experts like yourself. They talk about rotating toys and creating homes for things. So I'm wondering, what else can we do to help all of us not feel so overwhelmed by our kids' stuff? This is big. And because so many families deal with this, one thing that I always say is to create that campaign within your home where you're a giving family. So your focus is not always on bringing things in your home, but it's more of giving. So I practice this in my home because anytime someone comes to my home, they're usually going to leave with a bag of something. And it could be, it may be my sofa, it may be a cabinet, you never know. But I'm always, <laughs> I'm always looking to give something to someone else who needs something. And it helps me keep my home minimal. You know, and also a lot of times in our homes, why things are cluttered is because we don't have that system in place. And, you know, we have to have a system and give ourselves limits within that system. So with the kids' toys, you know, having that bin that, okay, these three bins are for the toys, cannot go past these three bins. If it does, then we have to remove it from the home uh, because it gives yourself those limitations. Like for me, I love dishes. And if I could have everyone in the world, I would. <laughs> but <laughs> but I give myself that one shelf, that one space for these items. I can put as many as I want on there, but I can't grow beyond that. So how do you feel about something like books? You know, like, because I think with dishes, it's easy to be like, well, we don't need that many dishes. We have this many people to feed and we don't have to go beyond that. But what do you do when it's stuff like books or like toys where it feels like we actually could have kind of an unlimited number? Well, you, you still would need to put that limit. So it may be larger than just one shelf, but like when you go into your child's room, you identify where the toys are going to go. And this is all we can have. And then that's where the rotation comes in. And that's where you're kind of cycling things out, but you're not outgrowing your space. You know, you're only utilizing what you have identified for that space. Well, and I have to say that one person's dishes are another person's books, Liz. <laughs> yes. No, I totally understand that. I have too much of everything. So no judgment for me. Great. Well, I'm just saying like someone could be like, I need all the dishes in the world just as much as someone can say, I need all the books in the world. Like, I don't think one necessarily is more useful to a person than another. Like, I don't have that attachment to books. Like, I have a lot of books. My thing is, like, if it's on my shelf, it's there. That's great. But, like, I can't even remember the last time I went to my bookshelf to take a book off of it to read. I haven't. Like, I have the books I want on my bedside table, and that's it. You bring up a really good point, because I collect everything. Like, literally everything. I have dishes from the 50s 
from when I used to go flea marketing <laughs> and dishes from my great grandparents that I'm like, oh, these are special and keepsakey. Believe me, I have lots of dishes, lots of books, lots of toys, way too many mascaras that are old that I haven't thrown out. Like I hoard stuff. So I, <laughs> I appreciate that. That's the thing. Like you would be a dream for me because <laughs> it's, it's, it, you know, <laughs> tell that to my parents. So, yeah. I, that's a dream for me. I would love to get in your house because that is where the limits come in. So for example, in your bathroom, this is a big space for a lot of people. They, uh, products, product, product under the sink. So basically giving yourself that one bin and you know with yourself that I can't have any more products that will not fit in this bin. This is all I have. And so that's all you have. You can't sit it anywhere else. And, and that will kind of hone in and get you under control with the things because you can still have your things, but not in excess. You know, I went to a friend's house one time and she had, I cannot tell you how many wooden spoons. And I was thinking, you cannot use this many wooden spoons. But we get so used to just collecting and collecting that we lose the joy in our things. And so by limiting yourself, you're enabling yourself to get joy. Oh, I, I did something right. Because I just, I swear, in the last month, got rid of like six wooden spoons. Love it, so love I, it, love I'm it. patting myself on the back. <laughs> Speaking of wooden spoons, that's hilarious. So I want to know how we get kids involved in this process. And we've talked about it before, but I think specifically for families who, you know, they didn't start early enough. Like maybe it's a little bit of a shock to their system with the tweens and teens trying to get them to do stuff. And we know that you can motivate them with money, but is that the best way or are there other ways to really get them? I mean, I think I'm being optimistic by saying excited about the tidying process. Maybe it's more just involved in the tidying process. Well, often we think that our kids are motivated by money and things, and often they are. Don't get me, <laughs> don't get me wrong, they are. <laughs> but one thing that trumps that is our attention. And so one thing that I always encourage my clients to do is set up weekly standard family home meetings. These are so key because if you want to have a tidy home, the family needs to be on board or you, you're just going to simply go crazy trying to do everything and be everything to everybody. So by having these meetings, they're very structured. And I talk about this in my book. It's very structured to where you talk about those things such as household needs, chores, and you use it for accountability with those chores. Great time to meal plan. You have all of the family there. You can figure out the meal plan every week for a lot of homes, along with life skills. It's a great opportunity to interject teaching a life skills, how to load the dishwasher, how to fold a towel. You know, these are things that are going to take our kids far. And the thing about it is, even if you didn't start out when they were younger doing this, by implementing a family meeting weekly with tweens or teens, you're still going to pull them in. And so it's never too late. But the key is to be consistent with the meeting and to give leadership to the kids and to it like rotate facilitating. So it teaches them also leadership. And then they kind of have a little more buy-in because they have your attention. You know, you're all together and then they have the ability to be a leader. And they often like that part. But it's really mm -hmm. a great time for the family. Nikki, this is brilliant. I have to tell you, we've had so many organization and clutter experts. We've talked to a lot of people about different aspects of this issue. I have never heard that suggestion before. Yeah. to have a once weekly family meeting where you get everybody involved in what has to be done for the week. It makes so much sense. Yes. You know, whoever's bearing the brunt of the tidying up, right? And I always feel like for the most part, it's usually one person. I, I know there are families out there where they both do an equal amount. And I have to say my husband and I do a lot together. But if you don't communicate to your kids, right, that this is a family activity and that this is an important priority for like the health and happiness of your home, then they're not really going to 
know that. And they're really going to see it more as nagging or maybe mom or dad being annoying. So I love this idea. We're totally doing it. Yes, I love <laughs> it. Yeah, it's really good. And it teaches your kids how to work in a team and how to communicate, you know, and I think that's key in, in growing up and, you know, will take them throughout their entire life. So what are some things in these common spaces? Like, so we're going to get together, we're going to have our family meeting, we're going to talk about all the spaces that we need to get clean or get tidy and how everyone's going to pitch in and help out and everybody will be happy, mostly me. So when we think about these common spaces, like the living room or den, I think that's where I struggle the most because the kids understand their room is their responsibility. They don't always see the den as their responsibility or, you know, the living room space in front of the TV. And so I think parents often forget cleaning up those spaces and not just cleaning them up and tidying them up, but doing it with kind of safety and kid-friendly zones in mind. So what are the things that parents often forget when it comes to tidying up common spaces that also has in mind like safety and kid-friendly spaces? Because I I think that's something we kind of struggle with. We want everything to look beautiful, but we don't necessarily need the knitting needles in a pretty basket in the middle of the coffee table when we have little kids. True, true. And this is so important. A lot of it is the furniture placement, just making sure that, you know, you understand the ages of your child in, in conjunction with the type of furniture you have. You don't want the sharp edges on a coffee table, you know, having a rug in the space. You know, if your kids are little, it may not be the time to have a rug in the space where they can trip and fall. You know, making sure that everything is sanitized. This is huge because, you know, they pick up and everything goes to the mouth. And so you want to make sure that everything is really clean and all of the electronics and things, you know, we're big with our technology now. We need to make sure that all of that is put away secure. And also I like to wrap the cords and make sure they're behind the actual equipment, such as the TV or the video recorder, whatever the case may be. But making it so that it's basically just a clear space and you know, your kid can really run and play and not have the dangers involved with the furniture and styling and things like that. I like the idea of that balance because I I really think that's something a lot of parents struggle with that, you know, especially when we first have kids, that we want everything to look amazing and beautiful. And we kind of deny that we're ever going to have like apartments or homes filled with kids stuff. And then eventually the kids stuff comes and we realize we have to adapt and we have to make changes in all aspects of our lives to uh, bring kids in safely. And (laughs) when you have little ones, and I always did this, is I focused on the things that they couldn't touch to beautify my space, such as scents, because, you know, that way, how the room smells, it makes me feel good. It doesn't hurt them. Another thing would be your vertical space. That's huge because you can utilize your walls for shelves and things like that to bring the beauty in the space and also store but it's out of the child's way. So you, or we talked about common spaces, which is good, but let's talk about those spaces behind closed doors because they matter. Besides they my They matter bedroom. to us. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you're working with our sponsor, Tide, to help parents ensure that those spaces are tidy and kid-friendly. And one of those that is a tough one, I think, is the laundry room because there's a lot of stuff that kids shouldn't really get into. So can you share some of your suggestions for how to tidy that up but also keep keep the kids safe? Yes. I call the laundry room the MVP room. That space works so hard for our families. It keeps our clothes clean. It's often where we keep all of our cleaning supplies, but that can be dangerous for kids. And so one thing that is extremely important to understand is how to implement safety side by side with tidy and beauty. Vertical real estate in your laundry room is 
pure gold. Your walls are everything in the laundry room. You want to utilize that space to put shelves so that you can implement things like baskets so that you can put your laundry packs in the basket. But, you know, keeping them inside the container to keep it safe for the kids and so that it's identifiable. You don't want to take the pods out and put them in a jar or anything like that because then they can't read what it is and it's just you don't want to even make it visible to the child. So even by putting it up high, by putting it in a beautiful basket, no one knows the better but yourself. And finding ways to really maximize that space on your walls is key. And then keep everything lower, just clean and simple. I think that's great. And you know what? We're both big fans of labels. And I think that's something that really helps when you have those baskets up on high shelves. Like sometimes I don't want to put things up high because I'm like, oh, I'll forget what's in them. If I can remember to label those boxes from the outside, like those little chalkboard labels that you love, Kristen, you know, and I know that's where the detergent goes, or this is where the fabric softener goes, or this is where the extra golf balls go or whatever, then I know that I can reach that stuff and it won't be in the reach of the kids, but I still can find it easily. And there are so many beautiful baskets and label options on the market now where you can really make it so beautiful that you don't even realize that the function is there. It's tidy and it's there, but it's really your decor piece also. Yeah. And just what I need is another excuse to shop. There you <laughs> go. Like, there you go. I need, I need new baskets. I know. I feel like <laughs> baskets and bins have gotten so much better. And the one thing I love about those is I, I don't feel like you can ever over shop for those because I can always find something to do with a bin. Like <laughs> I've got so much stuff. I know that I can find a place for and it. Kristen, let me just say, and I say this totally for real, no joke. I have a bin that I keep like my Tide Pods in because I go to like Costco where I can get the huge boxes of them affordably and they all come in these kind of like safe Ziploc-y packets. And that's kind of like a tough size, you know, because they're in these almost like plastic baggies. So by putting them all in like one bin, I know it still keeps my closet area organized. I don't have a laundry room. I have to keep all my laundry stuff in closet. So I keep it there and it actually arranges very nicely and I know where to find it. And then when the kids are doing the laundry, because my kids are teens, they're old enough to do it themselves. I can be like, you know where it is, go get it. Yes. <laughs> and that's the great thing about labeling is it puts that accountability in place. When you label places in your home, such as your laundry room, pantry, the kids, they know where it should go. So then when you have a family meeting, if it's not in place, you're like, it's set up for you. <laughs> you got to use it. I think you know, that's so. great. So for many of us, tidying can feel overwhelming overall, whatever room we're talking about. Is there like one best practice that you would recommend to help get us started that we can stick to? Yes. Set yourself up. Just set yourself up. Call your mother-in-law, have a dinner party, set yourself up to where you have to get in the house and do something. That is one thing that will motivate you to get your house in order. You know, if you have a best friend that lives across the country, invite her to come to town and then you know you're going to get your house in order. So, Oh, it's like Queer Eye, yeah. where they always have like an event that they're <laughs> prepping for at the end. Right, Kristen? We're obsessed with Yes, I love this. I don't think I've ever heard this idea either. And I really like it. It's kind of, It forces you yes. to get everything in order. Yes. How many times have you known someone's coming over and you're rushing to get the house clean? It gets you moving. It's so true. <laughs> it's so true. On Fridays, I'll say to my friends, you cannot have friends over this weekend unless the house is clean. And it gets clean. But it's like they need that excuse. That's so good. I love it. <laughs> A lot of times we focus on the clutter and the bad stuff. But focus on the benefits of a tidy home. So when you're thinking about your home, think about a tidy home, no stress. I'm saving money. You know, how many times have we purchased things that we already had because 
because we couldn't find it in our home. More time with the family. You know, think about the benefits and that can be a motivator to kind of push you into the practice of getting tidy. Uh, I love this. You know, and it doesn't have to be, I mean, although I love the idea of inviting a friend from across the country or maybe Liz from New York to Philadelphia. Invite me over. But it could be a sleepover party. It could be <laughs> when my kids ask their friends to come over, just, you know, their friends from school. That is an excellent motivator. Okay, so before we finish up, we have to talk about this tidy home, safe home bingo board that you created with Ty to help make this whole tidying up, but also keeping our kids safer thing a whole lot easier. So can you explain how someone could possibly win a free consultation with you? Like, tell us how this whole thing works. Yes, I'm so excited about this. So you would head over to my story highlights to find the tidy home, safe home bingo board. I created this with Ty. So if you share the completed bingo board on your Instagram story and tag me at home with Nikki, you'll get a chance for a free in-home consultation with me. That's fabulous. And honestly, everyone should be following you anyway, because your feed is delightful. Like it's this great combination of inspiration and beautiful photos and kind of real life stuff going on in your world and I really, really like it. It's just really pretty. And every time it pops up in my feed, I'm happy. Oh, thank you. So, Nikki, if folks want to connect with you, it's best for them. Obviously, well, they can enter this whole awesome giveaway, but also they can just connect with you on Instagram. Anywhere else that you find yourself that people can head over and see you, a website or any other social media that you love? Yes. At Home with Nikki everywhere. And YouTube, I have over 600 videos that will help you with organizing your home. Also, www www.athomewithnikki.com is a great resource. That's my website and blog. And you can find me just about anywhere you plug in at home with Nikki. Oh my gosh, you're so busy on social. I don't know where you find all the time to do <laughs> all the tidying, but you do. So that speaks to your organization skills. <laughs> you're going to save us time and make our homes look better. I love it. All right. So Nikki, you're going to join us for our cool picks of the week. Yes. Oh, yes. All right. Well, you are our guest, which means you get to go first. Very excited to hear what you've got. Okay. It is. Can I preface it by saying that I recently refreshed my back patio and I'm addicted to it. I come home from work. I go straight to my back portion. It's probably about midnight before I come in. And in that, my new addiction is strawberry salsa. I, I'm obsessed. <laughs> I hadn't had it before and I had it a couple weeks ago and I am totally obsessed. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had strawberry salsa. Liz, have you had strawberry salsa? No, but that sounds amazing. I like mango salsa. Like I don't usually like fruity mixed with like my savory, but I like it with salsa. Oh, it's so good. The small pita bread with it sitting on my back porch. Heaven. Heaven on earth. All right. Well, we're going to have to try that. Maybe we should ask our Recipe Rescue Facebook group, Liz, for some recipes for our strawberry salsa. I'm very excited to try that. I'm a big strawberry fan. Okay. My cool pick of the week is... Harry Potter Vans. Oh, Ooh. God. Vans they is just such cool stuff. launched. Yeah. I haven't I seen these. I know. So they just launched a collaboration, Harry Potter Vans. And I have to say, last year, they did so many cool collaborations. So I'm like, what are they going to do this year? Well, they're hitting it out of the park. I mean, they've got everything. If you are a Harry Potter fan, you need to see these shoes. Oh, my gosh. I'm looking at them right now. I mean, they've even got slides slide-ons too, Liz, for summer, which is kind of fun. So if you're like Gryffindor or you're Slytherin, they have got you covered. That's my pick, Harry Potter Vans. Wow, nice. Okay, so my pick this week is something that I know is near and dear to a lot of our listeners' hearts. It is an amazing brand of cold brew coffee that I just tried 
called Wandering Ooh. Bear. It is so good. It's so good. Well, first of all, Kristen, you know, I've been trying to like eat a little better. And for the first time in my life, I've finally been able to drink coffee without sugar, which is a really oh, big for deal you. for me after years of sugary coffee. That is awesome. Yeah. And I tried this cold brew from Wandering Bear. It comes in like these eco-friendly little cardboard boxes. So it's easy to pop into the fridge or bring it with you. And it's so good. It's just good with just like a little cream or milk or if you drink it black, it's fine. I really like it. And it's strong. Like, I think they say something like it's so strong, you'll never hibernate. Ha ha ha. Get it? Wandering bear. That's really funny. (laughs) But anyway, it's delicious. It's like my new thing that I'm loving. Wandering bear coffee is great for you coffee drinkers now that we've hit cold brew season this summer. Love it. Awesome. Love it. And you know what? We will, as always, link all of our picks as well as where you can find Nikki and get more information about that tidy home, safe home bingo board from our sponsor, Tide and Nikki so that you could enter to win a consultation with her. Thanks so much for joining us, Nikki. Thank you for having me. Well, that's it. What a great episode. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Spawned and huge thanks to our engineer, Don Bowen. We love hearing from you and there are a few things that you can do to help support Spawned. Yay! You can subscribe, which you can do right now while you're listening. You can leave us a five-star review, which you can actually do at the same time. Liz, have you ever done that? Have you done the little quick click five-star review on your podcast app? I have. It's awesome. I mean, look, if you can like a post on Instagram by tapping, you can certainly like and support a podcast by tapping. I think it's yeah, kind it's of a so good analogy, easy. right? And download or saving our episodes is very easy to do as well. And you know what? This is a good reason to talk to your friends. Call them up. Say hi, see how they're doing, and then tell them about Spawned. Yay! (laughs) You'll be doing something really nice for us and for your friends and for yourself. And giving feels good. You can reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, and hit us up in our inbox, Spawned at CoolMomPicks.com. Thanks for listening to Spawned. This is Kristen. And this is Liz. Have a great day. Bye.